0: Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the Isaac Newton Institute podcast. My name is Dan Aspel, and I'm your host. Today, Dr. Marianne Freiberger and myself are joined by Professor Anita Layton of the University of Waterloo. Professor Layton is visiting the Newton Institute as part of the Frontiers in Kinetic Theory programme. We've managed to steal her away from the workshop for half an hour to tell us about her work, which spans multiple fields her dedication to increasing diversity within mathematics and the other sciences, and finally, about being a 2021 winner of the Top 100 Most Powerful Women in Canada Awards. We very much hope you enjoy the episode. Um, So, Professor Anita Layton, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to Living Proof, the Isaac Newton Institute podcast. Hello.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: And uh, joining us today is Dr. Marianne Freiberger, who is one of the editors of Plus magazine.
2: Hello, and thanks for having me.
0: Um, We work together very closely, and you are a mathematician, so you're going to be very helpful in speaking to Anita, who has just told us she doesn't have a maths degree, so we've got that in common. Um, But what you do have is a, a lot of very, very other impressive things on your CV. Um, but let's begin right at the beginning. The reason you're here is because we have a workshop, which the listeners can hear in the background, in kinetic theory. And you're here for just this week, I believe. Yes. And tell me about what, you know, why you're here for this workshop. What is it that appealed to you about it? And what made you come to Cambridge from Canada?
1: So I, well, I have a friend here who's organizing a workshop. That's one reason. Um, I also love... Um, applying math to everything you can find. So most of my work has to do with um, applying math to understand biology and disease, but I'm also happy to branch out. So um, a lot of what I do is to say, um, well, I I try to use math to understand. So so I like answering scientific questions. So, um, you know, there are mathematicians who like to... Um, Proof theorem, which is great. I I try to use those theorems, but that's not what I do. Um, I always start with a scientific question. So, for example, um, if you have diabetes, um, you know, 5, 15, you know, 20 years down the road, are you going to lose your eyesight? Are you going to lose your food or are you going to lose your kidney? Which one is it? It'll be a really important question um, because, you know, if I know where you're heading, I can try to treat you better. So there are many, many. So for this question, it's like really clinical, which it is, right? So but it requires collaboration of researchers from of number of disciplines to really make progress this is because this is a very hard question that people have tried to tackle for decades so you have clinicians working together with biologists and I'm a math person who do simulation so, you know, you can try on different drugs, um, you can try many, many different drugs um, that, you know, in a way that's a lot cheaper to understand how they work rather than running clinical trial and you don't have to kill people. So once you find something that's promising, then you ask, you know, a pharmaceutical company to run clinical trial, which is expensive, um, but, you know, you have higher chance of success. So that, you know, I can go on and on. But, you know, I like to um, apply math to real-life problem. And, you know, this is one way to do it here, the workshop.
0: Absolutely. And um, are you finding that a lot of the people you've spoken to so far, although granted it's only day one, are giving you insights into other sectors of the field that can affect your work
1: yeah because they're slightly different from me right so i hang out a lot um with um clinicians physiologists and people who do a math biologist so this is more like physics right um which by the way i do have a degree in i have a degree <laughs> not in mathematics or biology but physics and, ca- and computer science i can go and you know tell you the background but that's not what this is about um so so I, I like um, looking at problem from many different angles so for instance, like um, after moving to Canada, which is three years ago, I deliberately um, put together a really diverse um, group of trainees like grad students and postdocs from different backgrounds like you know I used to have people with a math degree come here and get another math degree right um, but you know I I have a logic group now, so I, I try to get people from like physics, engineering, um, and one of like math and philosophy, right? So they will look at the problem and ask very different questions, like the same question the physicist will ask me about entropy. I don't think about it this way. Why are you asking me that? But you know, you can look at it that way, which is really cool, right? So we expand your horizon. So I've learned that, you know, I like talking to people who understand me, but I even enjoy more talking to people that I don't quite understand. That's how you learn new things.
0: <laughs> That's fabulous. And yeah, you've hinted a little bit about how to use a buzzword interdisciplinary. Mm-hmm. This is and how interdisciplinary your own background is. Because uh, from what we read online, you started out with a physics degree, changed to computer science. Uh, you have, uh, you're part of biomedical engineering in the Department of Medicine previously, which you've mentioned before. Um, I've, I'm missing things out here, but it, it's very, very varied, isn't it?
1: Um, yes, I like to make friends. Um, it is really important because I'm not that smart, that, you know, like Newton, right? Like I, I'm not that smart that I can learn everything and just solve a problem by myself. Um, I think my best quality is to... Um, Make a lot of friends. So when I need an expert in this area, hey, I know who to call, and the guy will talk to me. And then somebody else, hey, this is the world's experts And yes, I had dinner with her maybe two months ago. Let's call it up. Um, so that has been very helpful. I do love working with people because you know, I I learn so much, and you know maybe I can contribute a little bit because I really my oh yeah you know this. Really, really cool. Like, you know something I don't. That's awesome. Maybe I know something you don't do. Maybe. Maybe not. Then, you know, that's fine too. So I, I don't know. I, I love working with people. And I think that's really how you can make progress with big problems. A like, little problem, sure, you can do it on your own. But big ones, like problems that are worth tackling, spending a decade or two of your life on, they are difficult. And it, you really have to be super arrogant to think that you can do it on your own.
0: Well, I think you're in the right place for some collaborative working. Yeah. Um, Marianne.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things I was going to ask you about the interdisciplinarity, because even to be at a workshop like this one here, I mean, you've got to be pretty well versed in the field. How do you even manage to stay on top of so many different fields? I mean, you say it's through communications and through accepting that you don't know and they will help you out there. Is that how it works?
1: Um, so I would have to say I don't always understand every single slide in a talk, right? I don't. Um, so there are talks that are kind of whew, over me, right? Um, but you you do try to learn. You be very open-minded and learn a lot. I go to different meetings. I go to all kinds of different workshops and meetings. I go to this one. I go to a lot of kidney workshops and diabetes. Um, and, you know, they will, have ta- they will be talking about molecules and, and, and stuff that I don't know. So what I... Would like to you know in a talk like one hour talk right? I should follow you know at least fifteen or thirty minutes of it. And once you get the proving of theorem, depending whether I'm distracted by emails and such, right? If not, then maybe I can follow some of it. Maybe not, um, which may be okay depending on how close it is to me. Um, like some of these are not entirely close to me, so maybe you know I follow some of it and some some I don't. But that's okay. So I I I do ask myself to at least get the take home message, right? Um, and and typically, you know, the paper is published somewhere. So if I want to do you know, drill in the, the details, I read the paper because it gives me some time, you know, for my slow brain to. Finally, get it to work. Way right? look some look things up on a Google and and stuff. Okay, I don't understand this thing. Oh, this is how it goes. Um, so you can do that. Uh, and honestly, if a talk that you know doesn't keep me engaged for fifteen minutes it's not my fault. <laughs> I mean, this is what I ask of my students. So and myself, right? You give a talk, you should be able to keep everybody in the room engaged for at least 15, 20 minutes. And then you know, motivation background. Who cannot understand that? You know, I can I can talk to you a first second years. Americans, do not talking about the British. Um, you know, say, you know, you very basic. You should at least get them to appreciate why you're spending, you know, years of your life working on this problem. You don't have to dumb it down, not at all. Um, you you have to talk about it, you know, in a way that you people can understand, um, in a way that they can tell that you love it. I mean, you just blah blah blah. Okay. If you don't show that you love it, no one wants to follow. And then, you know, you can talk about details and such in a a way that, you know, people can follow. Mm -hmm. And
2: what do you think do you have to bring then to a workshop like this? Because you'll be interacting with people who are, you know, probably focusing on, you know, kind of very well described areas of research very deeply. Um, what do you think you can bring to it? Do you bring another a viewpoint?
1: Um, so, so let's say biology, right? So um, I spent many years working on the kidney. Okay, um, not a lot of mathematicians work on it actually. Not really. Um, a lot of a lot of math people work on the brain and stuff because I think in in some way they're more. I think the mathematical formulation is, uh, is more well studied. Um, kidney is a lot of messy. Um, so, so. Um, what I bring is I think more and more people appreciate the importance of data and the importance of modeling. Not everybody. I think when I started um, maybe 15, 20 years ago, um, a lot of biologists are not that um, inclined to talk to mathematicians. Um, because when you build a model, you have to make a lot of simplific- simplification. And they're like, oh my God, then it's not real. But well, guess what? Your experiments are, not, are kind of artificial as well. You don't say that to them. You can say it to yourself. You do not say that to them, right? Um, so I think um, what I personally contribute to it is that um, I, make math, I think I made math a lot more approachable to them. Um, when I give a talk, in this, to this audience, so I am giving a talk to this audience um, versus I'm giving a talk in my home math department or if I'm giving a talk in a, in a physiology department, half of my talk are actually given in medical school. The talks are vastly different. They're entirely different. Not because I dumb it down, because I will tell them what they need to know. Do I? Do they need to know the theorem behind my model? No, they do not. But they do need to understand the implication of the finding. If I'm giving the same talk to a math department, I will focus on the numerics, the math methodology. Uh, not so much how you interpret, you know, how eating salt and then ACE inhibitor is going to change your blood pressure. Oh, shoot, that and who cares, right? So you think about what, what your um, audience cares about give them mostly that and then a little bit more so that you know they all you also want to expand the horizon as well right um so it's like you know feeding your kid vegetables and stuff right so you mix it with stuff that they like um so this is how i do it and i think um it, it can be successful because the kidney community claim me as one of them I actually do Um, I was the deputy editor for a kidney physiology journal there's no math in it actually before I came in so you know they they accept me um, because I also because I religiously go to every single one of them and big annual meeting for years Um, I religiously you know hang out with them go to bars and stuff you though know I don't drink Um, you know you make friends and and, and, of course, you also have to learn this stuff, right? If you just hang out socially, you don't know anything about a kid who wants to talk to you, right? Um, so, so so there are many ways. Um, and, and you can truly bridge to discipline if you try. Um, you have to understand that, okay, just because they don't know your equation doesn't mean they're dumb, right? That means they know something else that you do not. Um, so you try to talk to people in a way they understand. And we should be able to do it. I mean, we're all teachers, right? Um, so if we can teach a student, assuming that we can. Um, we can surely talk to you know, other, other scientists.
0: I think it's becoming clearer and clearer why you were voted one of the top 100 most yeah. powerful women in <laughs> Canada last year. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> um, so there's a few other things. You mentioned about um, liking people, and that's why you enjoy coming to events like this. So that, that's quite apparent in work that you do to foster diversity and inclusion uh, in the various fields in which you're involved. So I'm, I'm aware that you um, helped uh, arrange mentorships between older and younger uh, female mathematicians or female scientists in general. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what stimulated you to get involved in that?
1: Um, so I've done it gradually um, uh, for for a few years. Um, I can I can tell you what I've been doing today and I can tell you why I started. Um, so when I was Duke, you know, I, I ran a bunch of um, uh, mentorship program for faculty and, and more junior faculty, more senior faculty. Um, it, is, it, it improved, I think, I, I can't claim all the credit because there are other women who, who, who work with me as well. Um, it did in, improve the um, environment quite a bit. I think when I just joined there many years ago, um, I think there were no female um, identifying distinguished professor um, when I left, I guess maybe 25% or so are, are women. Not, not the, the best, but still, you know, from zero, it's an infinite change, right? So good for you. Um, at Waterloo, um, I, I moved there, relocated there um, almost four years ago. Um, so I was very lucky that um, the Vice President for Research and in International were very supportive of this initiative. So I, I met with her before I joined, and she said, like, oh, yeah, let's work with me. I was like, really? That's good. Um, so I've, I worked with many deans, presidents, provosts, all kinds of big deans, little deans and stuff. Um, m- most of them are somewhat... Indifferent, I would say, to the cost, right? So when I want to do something, because Anita is loud and pushy, right? They they give me some like here's some money, go away. <laughs> but um, like I found people who are re- I, she, I, the person I work with is really genuinely interested. She used to I remember she would send me ideas like, in the middle of the night. Usually I'm the one who do that to people. You do? so I mean it's really good to have real support. Like that's that's beyond money, um and that's good. So I have a lot of staff support and resources to do that. Um, what I mean, there are so many ways that things can be improved. I mean, just pick up something, right? Um, you know, for instance, um, uh, if you look at um, grants, award, or um, especially industry award, um, the, the gender ratio. I'm just talking about gender. There's also race to talk about. Right? I haven't even gotten there. Um, so you know, gender. You, even if you take into account, um, you know, the 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 um, difference in in male and female um, faculty member. You still have you know a lot of um, men getting it more so than women, especially industry which rely on personal relationship, right? Um so we try to host events you know that try to connect uh, not just women but also early early career researchers um, the industry and and other, and various opportunities. Um, I think it's kind of a Canadian thing but also also women thing if you um i, I if I normally if I ask a a male Faculty member, if they want to be nominated for this award, rarely do anybody say no. If you're American, never. I'm Canadian. There is a chance, um, but for but for women, like, I got the no, thank you so often. Right? Let's not waste your time. Say why, why? Come on, like, why would you do that? Um, it could be. I think a lot of a lot of them is like fear of um, you know maybe rejection. So I figured out a way to do that. I will proudly tell them that, hey, you know what, I I got turned down for a lot of nomination, a lot of grant, and guess what, I don't care. People don't remember when you get say a no, they only remember the time Like the most powerful women think, I have a bunch of other things that I didn't get, guess what? <laughs> but they only remember the things that you do get, right? So you know, just let me nominate you already, what's the problem? Um, so I actually like, tell people that all the time, especially the younger one They don't know that it is okay to, to fail like the best people, I mean, the best people never fail. I guess they're such unicorn in the world. But guess what? Hey, I, I think I do pretty well and I feel a lot of time and that's okay. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, an amazing uh, lesson there about uh, determination, mm-hmm. tenacity. Just keep going, keep yeah. trying. That's wonderful. Um, I guess another aspect of that is that there's a flavor here of all of the work you've spoken about as being, if we can term it this, like for social good. So uh, medical care, for example, mm-hmm. like a, a big example there, and then a lot of work for uh, equality, diversity, and inclusion. So again, social good. W- would you say that your work across various fields all adds up to that? Is that what motivates you? Do you think?
1: You make it sound so good. Noble, <laughs> noble <laughs> and good, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it 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 excites me to do something that has meanings. Um, that's impactful. I think, um, I think as I get older, that becomes more and more important. I think when I was a junior faculty member, I'm happy to you know, publish in some academic journal, right? That's what we do, that's how we got the promotion, get grants and get paper published. Um, I think as, as I get older, it's more important to me that the, the work has impact. Um, so you know, I, I will do like podcasts here, you know, in, in Canada. I, I do various interview, I wrote op ads in in newspaper, you know, for diversity and equity, not just in science, you know, for medical care, right? So like uh, clinical trial used to be mostly men, um, you know, even aspirin is awful. Um, or, you know, that uh, animal is the same thing, right? Male, because the female, they have menstrual cycles or so it messes up the experiment. Yeah, that is true, but it's just too bad, right? Um, so so, so that becomes more, more important to me. And I feel like it's important to do things that you love, right? So. Yeah, so that's why I choose what I do.
0: And you've said some really uplifting and inspiring things about how people can make friends and, mm. uh, and spread themselves across these fields and just not be afraid to yeah. fail. Can I ask you a little bit about how you came to be involved in the science that you're involved in? Um, and by that I mean, were you a teenager? Were you uh, eight years old when you realized that you wanted to study what you went on to study? Oh, 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 physics oh, I should, I should tell you
1: that. Okay, so um, the, one of the first thing I told you here is that I don't have a math degree. Let me tell you why. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I grew up in Hong Kong. Okay, so there, um, the system here is, is similar, right? So, so, so I went to this school um, that, that um, is, it goes all the way from kindergarten to primary school and secondary school, okay? How does it, what does it matter? So I basically grew up in that school, and guess what my father does? He's the head of the high school math program. Okay, so ever since I was maybe four or five, um, you know, I would go to these staff meetings, you know, Chinese New Year, Mid Autumn Festival, and then his colleagues would come and pat me on the head and say, Anita, you're so smart, you're going to grow up and be a a mathematician or math teacher, just like your father. So um, I have a rebellion streak, I don't know if you noticed, I thought to myself, that is the last thing I'm ever going to do. Never. So um, then, you know, 18 years passed by. I went to college um, at Duke. And so, you know, I decided math is going to be the last thing I'm going to major in. No way. Um, So I decided to do physics, um, which is very mathy, but not math, so that's good. (laughs) But then that's when I realized I am very clumsy. Actually, I'm, I hope I never break this mic. Mm. Um, so I cannot do any experiment, right? So there is some field around me. And I hope the physicists don't, don't hear me say that. I cannot do any physics experiment. A field around me where gravity is not 9.7, 9.8, it's 3. I have no idea why, you know, measure this, you know, the tap, 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 tap thing gets to do. Acceleration, gravity, it's not 9.7, it is 3. I have no idea why it turns out that way. I can read and follow instruction, just never turn out. So there's only so much um, physics you can do, you know, partnering, make friends. That's why I learned to make friends. You make a friend and have them do the work, and then you write the analysis. Analysis is a piece of cake. So I decided (laughs) that I should do computer science, because if anything goes wrong, first of all, Um, There is no fire, Um, there is no spark, there is no smell. No one has to know. So you know, that works well for me. So I got a computer science degree and a physics degree. And then I went on and do PhD in computer science. Um, but then what I really like is actually science. I, I love science, right? So to me, computer science, math are you know a like very, very fun tool that you can help me answer the question. Um, so I love fluid, I, I decided I like things to flow. Um, so I did a PhD in um, numerical weather prediction. And then um, after that, I, I decided. Well, let's try something else. And I thought blood flow is cool; it flows too. So I tried, I started, you know, working on blood flow and 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 the kidney. Now, uh, modeling requires a lot of um, a lot of. Um, as a science background. Oh, I didn't tell you. Um, I actually didn't take any biology and chemistry in college um, because um, in the grade 11 biology, they had a um, dissection um, experiment on a frog. Everybody's frog was beautifully pulled out and you can see the internal organ. Mine was a bloody mess. So I cannot do experiment there either. So didn't take any biology or chemistry in college. Um, but then, you know, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I did all chem and stuff in high school. So that's okay. Um, so anyway, um, where am I? Um, so I wanted to answer, you know, biological question because it is nice. Um, and I try to do math. Um, I don't, I didn't really have, I mean, when I was starting, I didn't really have enough. You have to have a lot of... Back, not just background, not just college background, right? You're doing research, so you have to know something that people don't, and I would and I just jump in, so I, I take somebody else's model of the kidney, and because I was trained um, in scientific computing, I solved those equations faster, so I did a lot of, like, technical improvement on existing model, and after you play with it for a very long, long time, and, you know, learn whatever you don't know. Um, I think it took me about two, three, four years and started my own modeling. And it goes from there.
0: Well, it's a roller coaster journey and very exciting as well. The way you describe it makes it sound like a a thrilling, thrilling ride. It is fun. Um, And uh, yes, Marianne, if you wanted to.
2: So I'm just wondering, so the connection between this particular program on kinetic theory and the kidney, is it via the blood flow? Is that where the Um, connection lies? Blood flow
1: coupling and a lot of things like that, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm wondering how many programs we've got coming up this year and next that you could apply to. Um,
1: <laughs> Probably many. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, what are you most excited about this week uh, in the talks up ahead, the, the sort of aspects of All what's All of
1: them. Be- it's yeah. hard. I mean, so I, w- I look at the title, right? It doesn't say a whole lot. I mean, they, oh, they're so cool. So, I, I mean, I, I can appreciate, um, like, different aspects, right? So the first one is more numerical right? Which, cool, which is cool, which is not modeling per se, um, but it's about numerics. I mean, I can talk about grid. That's what I was trained years ago. So I, I appreciate what they do. Um, not necess- I may not necessarily adopt it to my work, but but I mean, you just never know, right? You come to a talk and say, oh, well, this is cool. Well, it don't see immediate application yet, but let's just Put it aside in the drawer, you know, drawer number B3 in my brain. And who knows, right, like two, three, five years down the road, you might have some vague memory of, oh, I heard a talk like that. And then you look it up. And then maybe it's useful. That's why I tell my grad students, too, just go to the seminars already. Okay, so this is not the, I understand grad students always think they're busy. Okay, I don't really care. Okay, you're not half as busy. Okay, I shouldn't say, say that. But you know, but just go to this talk. I understand it's not entirely relevant or even relevant at all to your thesis, but you don't know what you will need in you know, five, six years. And guess what? When you go on a job market and you are going to this you know, one-on-one meeting, you have to be able to BS competently at least superficially on a lot of topic or you ain't gonna get hired
0: <laughs> <laughs> another fantastic life tip so thank you very much uh, for yeah, that okay. is this your first visit to the Newton Institute's
1: yes yeah, yeah and,
0: and Cambridge in general huh. Uh, how are you enjoying the, the few hours that you've spent here so far
1: oh no I came here last five, Friday okay or so, so you've right? had a weekend. I love it it's so beautiful um so I walked um I walked all around downtown um uh, you know all, all the sites that you're supposed to go to. I, I love it. And yesterday I actually took a train to um, London, King's Cross, and I walked probably for yeah I walked for six hours. It was it was really nice. Okay, I wow. am so happy. Yeah. Yes.
0: I, I, I can sense this zest for discovery and learning. In you. It's, <laughs> it's infectious. So, um, as people can probably tell by the fact that the background's gone silent, mm-hmm. uh, the workshop has gone back in for another seminar, and I feel guilty keeping you out of it um, Marianne did you have any other questions you wanted to ask Anita
2: well no that was such so much interesting oh, stuff there so thank thanks you. very much for talking to us yeah. that's fascinating
1: it's fun thank you thank you, you for having me
0: no it's been a pleasure and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the week oh I'm sure I will yeah I'm sure and we look forward to following what happens next for you
1: okay thank you cheers thank you so much